Imagine not knowing what your income would be each week. Financial planning would be a nightmare. Almost 90% of Vision's income is free will donations. When supporters commit to monthly giving, it provides greater certainty when budgeting for regular expenses and weighing up new opportunities that arise. Knowing we can rely on regular gifts each month takes some of the guesswork out of operating a faith ministry. Monthly givers who share our mission are called Visionary Extra Mile Partners. And right now, you're invited to join this growing group of faithful supporters. The amount of your tax-deductible monthly gift is completely up to you. What is most important is knowing that you are standing with us to reach Australia for the gospel. Click the banner at vision.org.au or in the Vision app to find out more about becoming a Visionary Extra Mile Partner. It only takes a few minutes, but will have an eternal impact. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As Australians, we often reflect on what it is that shapes our national character. And we're often described as being very egalitarian or wanting a fair go for ourselves and for one another. We're often described as having a healthy disrespect for authority, exemplified in the sorts of characteristics that appeared to be birthed in our diggers that fought and died for our national values. So let's talk a little about what the latest research might show us about how we as Australians respond to leadership, and importantly, the sorts of leadership traits that might be necessary to effectively lead an organisation in this 21st century. Mark McCrindle's an award-winning social researcher, a best-selling author and influential thought leader back with us once again today. Mark McCrindle, welcome back to 2020. Thanks a lot, Neil. Good to be with you. Mark, what sort of things in the latest research can we see about the sorts of leadership styles that we Aussies tend to respond to most? Well, you sums up well, Neil, by saying that we do have a tradition of being sceptical of authority, pushing back on uh, those that might try to be too autocratic with us. You know, we are uh, this egalitarian society. And, uh, and, and so, the right, however, the right sort of leadership really can uh, and is engaged by Australians. Now, the concept that we have of bosses or management generally is not too positive. In fact, we even use that term bossy. We'll say to children, don't be bossy uh, when they're ordering people around, when they're asking a lot of people or, or, or being domineering. In other words, we do assume or associate bosses with autocratic domineering behavior. In fact, um, if you do a Google search, you type in bosses are, and it comes up with the most searched terms around that. And the, the, the top three are bosses are psychopaths, bosses are sociopaths, and bosses are bullies. Uh, I just did that search myself and found that. So, so it seems that the perception we have of bosses or managers is negative. However, when we have surveyed Australians asking them what leadership styles they respond to, it's quite different to that traditional hierarchical approach. The number one style that uh, Australian employees said they responded to was a style that was collaborative or participative, a style, in other words, of leader who brings the team 
on the journey, who engages with them and gains their input, who leads from within rather than a chain of command structure where they lead from on high. Some of the businesses I've been familiar with over the years almost chose department leaders and bosses who were those sociopaths, those bullies, and uh, with the assumption that somehow or other they'd be the best leaders. But obviously those times have changed. Yes, they sure have, and I think the next generation has changed what they want, what they look for. Firstly, in this national study, we found that one in ten people left their last place of employment, and these are Australians, because of an issue with the leadership or the management. So those leaders are key to not only the outcomes, the staff uh, and team culture, uh, but also the, the retention and the tenure of their teams. It is a critical issue. So we asked Australians, thinking about different leadership personalities, what's your preference? You know, we sometimes think the charismatic leader, they're the ones that are going to lead us into the new dawn and, uh, and, and, and deal with the, the challenges ahead and motivate the team. But um, only 13% of Australians said they responded to a charismatic and dynamic leader. Twice as many said they responded to a quiet leader who leads by example and leads from within the team. Uh, the, the, the key uh, approach they wanted from a leader from this study was a, con- a consultative approach. Uh, again, a leader who discusses with the team rather than tells the team what is going to happen, that's what they most looked for. And this was particularly the case with the next generation, those in their 20s and 30s, who have been shaped in these more collaborative times where you know, they expect to give their views and have a voice on issues and want the leader to consult them in the process. How much do you think is shaped, Mark, by the idea of a changing economic environment and really by the way that Google has given us all sorts of capacity to be able to make our own ideas and have an opinion about everything? Uh, What are your thoughts about the reasons for these sorts of changes away from the boss that's quite authoritarian? I think that's very true. You know, people are more informed. They're more empowered. They've got access to information. They're they're a few clicks away from any piece of information on the planet. And so they're not looking for the leader as expert. They're not looking for the leader as the knowledge seer anymore. They're, They're looking for the leader who can facilitate the best from the team, who can create a culture of belonging and participation, a culture where people feel that they're included and feel that they um, have a, a clear purpose in the organization. It's that sort of leader that, res- that, that people most respond to. In fact, we asked questions of, again, Australians who are working, more than a 1,000 Australians who are employed currently, and we said when looking for a place of employment, what, what do you most look for? And more people said the purpose and the vision of the organization than they said the job security or the long-term tenure. In other words, people want to know where they're going. They want to make a contribution towards that. They're not concerned purely about their own job security. We asked this question about uh, what most determines which place you'll take as a place of employment. And for every person that said the conditions, the earnings, and the salary package, 20% more said the organisational culture and the values of the organisation, even above the salary and remuneration. So we're in a different era where it is the higher-order drivers that engage the employees, not just job security and pay alone. And I want a leader who lives those values and can lead and inspire the team towards them. Mark, for our Christian listenership, obviously probably a whole lot more 
focused on the idea of having purpose. As Christian believers, we recognize that God has a purpose and there is a purpose for our being. And whether we're in a ministry role or in business or in our families, purpose is important. For people who are not working under a Christian boss in a business that doesn't have Christian values that drives them, uh, there's a certain sense in which the most significant alternative to that is to be driven by money. Some people will say even be driven by greed. Is there something here that if you're working in a non-Christian organization, that there might be some level of altruistic purpose that could be introduced, whether it's the support of charity or whether it's some sort of uh, care for uh, people who are disadvantaged? Is there some value in that that actually helps to drive a, a staff to actually meet the goals of a business? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's looking at what our organization does and how it creates human flourishing. You know, and if an organization isn't producing a product or delivering a service that that in no way helps society, then it's probably pretty hard to articulate that, that greater purpose and that vision and inspire the team around it. But most organizations, most industries and sectors exist to make life better. And I think the employers need to highlight that, whether it be education, where they're shaping the next generation and equipping them for their future, whether it be healthcare or social services that are making the difference in the lives of individuals or building the capacity of communities, whether it's maybe a a technology company that's helping people become empowered or connect communities or create human flourishing. All of those are great things that the leaders should point to and highlight rather than just talking about shareholder returns and individual profit because in this study we found that that profit side of it does not speak the language. In fact, the number one employment sector in Australia employs more people than even retail, which used to be our number one, is the not-for-profit sector. More Australians work for charities and not-for-profits than any other sector. And if you think about that, the average charity or or non-profit pays less than the commercial operation you know, up the street, and yet more people work for the not-for-profits because it's not the money that drives them, but the purpose, the impact, and making a difference with their life. I think we can all learn from that, and leaders can, and hopefully can communicate to their teams those, those more inspiring uh, purposes uh, rather than just the, uh, the, the, the earning side. Uh, Very mindful as you describe that sort of situation because the majority of the big charities in Australia have really strong Christian foundations Mm. and so therefore they were founded on a very powerful and strong purpose. Perhaps they've got to work with this idea of not being uh, swayed from their original mission because that's obviously a challenge for any organisation that has those sorts of foundations. But If we say that we have foundations as a Christian, we're talking about Jesus, who really set the scene, didn't he, as a leader, and saying, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the best servant. This idea of being a servant, not only to the way that the staff perform, but a servant to the community, this is something significant when it comes to uh, leadership development and the way that perhaps we ought to be setting our sails here, Mark. Oh, exactly. And and that model of servant leadership that Jesus exemplified is key. And in a lot of ways, but using different language, that's what this survey showed. Those leaders that can support their team, that can enlarge their capacity, that can focus on the team and not just the profits, that can 
uh, grow their their team members and and their strengths and uh, and and has care for them rather again than you know their own outcomes. Uh, they are the leaders that inspire. And we found in this study that one of the biggest issues facing work uh, these days and workers is mental health and stress. And and if we look at Jesus' model, you know the the, the disciples had a, had a busy time of it, and they had some big goals to achieve in three years. And there was a lot of training that went on uh, in first century. Palestine there where Jesus was with them but he cared about those followers he didn't just equip them and train them with the skills but he cared for the individual and we see his pastoral way throughout the uh, the, the gospels and uh, and I think that's key for leaders today as well yes we've got to lead the productivity we've got to deliver on the outcomes we've got some strategies to move towards but if we neglect the team we're going to be fostering that stress that mental health challenge and the um the, the just the the general um uh, lack of well-being that exists in in organizations which often can create a poor work culture and therefore has impact ultimately on the productivity and outcomes so it has to be driving those outcomes, focusing in on the efficiencies of the organisation, but, of course, doing that through building and uh, and supporting the team members. Great insights, Mark McCrindle. And just to reflect on just how significant it is that those principles that we understand from Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, those mm-hmm. biblical principles, that they are, in fact, timeless Principles. They don't date. They're not an antiquated idea from the past that worked then but doesn't work now. Those work today. And as you reinforce what the latest research shows, that those are the principles that actually help us to flourish in our workplace and to flourish in our communities. Undoubtedly, there'll be those listening into our conversation now who are in a leadership role wanting to know a little more. Is there a link on your website, Mark McCrindle, that people will be able to download this sort of material? Yes, there is. We've got a few studies up there on leadership, and this one that I've just been citing will be finishing up very shortly, and they can get the full analysis of leadership in Australia and what people most respond to. Well, Mark McCrindle, an award-winning social researcher, best-selling author and influential thought leader, the website to go to to access some of this detail about leadership. And I know that every family, every school, every business, every community organisation will benefit from it. Go to mccrindle.com.au, mccrindle.com.au, and you'll find a link there where you can download this detail all about current attitudes to leadership in Australia. Mark McCrindle, thanks for joining us once again today on 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.